0: Mm-hmm. shaken shaking, everybody. Welcome to another special bonus episode of Improv Tabletop. We're doing another little interview today. I'm Ned Wilcock, your host and GM, and today I'm joined by...
1: Christian Randall, ya boy.
0: Yes, we are rounding out our cast of Imptab Avatar 10,000 Things with dear old Christian Randall. You know him as Jetsoon of the Library, you probably know him as Farflnuggan and Captain GMO, and goodness gracious how many other characters he's played by this point <laughs> on the show... How you doing today, my dude? It's
1: my Monday, so I'm n- nice and tired from work, but I got a nap, so I should be fine.
0: <laughs> right on. Well, to help our cast get to know you, to help, not our cast, our audience, <laughs> to help our audience get to know you, got you. <laughs> maybe I just woke up from a nap too. We're going to get to know Christian a little bit with some icebreaker questions, everybody. First off, Christian Randall, what is your favorite breakfast cereal?
1: This is my qualifying question hot
0: or cold? This is the first time anybody has brought up such a response to this question. (laughs) Uh, I will say either or both. Up to you. All right. Cold.
1: The choice is clear. That's gonna be honey bunches of oats with almond slices. Ooh, nice. And oat milk because I don't hate myself that much. I can't. I can't do dairy in the morning, otherwise my <laughs> day will be ruined and my disappointment will be immeasurable.
0: Dude, I will just say for our audience, if you haven't tried oat milk yet, it's actually really freaking good. It's so good.
1: Like I, I was doing almond milk for a while and I was like, you know, good replacement. Oat milk. Oat milk's great.
0: Yeah, like it's got the same fat content as regular milk, so you know it's got to be amazing, right?
1: <laughs> yeah, I've definitely been digging oat milk, and it. I also really, this is the hard-hitting content you tune in for. I love its long shelf life. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. Yeah, I've been going cashew milk myself lately, but all the respect for oat milk.
1: Um, and for hot cereal, I really like grits. Ooh. Put some cheddar cheese in it, bacon bits, and then a fried egg on top of the grits and just eat it all in one bowl. Oh, that stuff sticks to your ribs and you're full for the, it's just so good.
0: Yeah. How can we tell our audience that you're from Nashville without saying that you're from Nashville? <laughs>
1: definitely a southern thing
0: yeah i mean we got our answer there to the debate of sweet or savory grits oh yeah no i'm i am not
1: a sweets guy my favorite i'm not sure if this is something else you wanted to know but one my my favorite cookie is oatmeal raisin Ooh. it's nice because at every party there are always oatmeal raisins available <laughs> when the other things have been taken so it's nice <laughs> uh
0: it's a good place to be next up who is your favorite winnie the pooh character i think i like owl i feel like
1: not enough people appreciate owl just the absolute chaotic refusal to admit the absurdity of their own life i feel like (laughs) owl would be a really good person to have in your corner
0: yeah definitely got some uh, misunderstandings about the world but he's got confidence and that counts for a lot
1: yeah like rabbit would be a little too chaotic for me a little too neurotic I mean, poo is poo. And obviously you need that beautiful, simplistic love of life. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I think owl would be my choice.
0: Nice. And then our final icebreaker. What is your dream job or vocation?
1: I do not dream of labor. (laughs) Bold,
0: (laughs) hard hitting.
1: But if I could spend my time doing anything that I wanted, I would live in the foothills of a mountain range with a babbling brook. I would have a nice little wheel in the water to turn my electricity, uh, a little solar panel on my roof, I'd grow my food, I'd tend to my garden every day, my mornings out in nature, my days inside writing and reading, and my evenings enjoying just the sunset and the sounds of nature. That is what I would do.
0: So your life would be some sort of pastiche of Henry David Thoreau, Stephen King, and Stardew Valley. You have summed it up perfectly. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, if you start getting around to publishing those books, let me know.
1: Absolutely. They're sitting on my computer. I have started the second draft, which is
0: somehow more daunting than the first. Mm. There's this Neil Gaiman quote that's something to the effect of like, you just write the book and then when you go back through, you make it sound like you knew what you were doing the whole time.
1: And that is the hard part.
0: (laughs) Yeah, you've commented in one of our talkback episodes for Avatar that it's hard to portray a character who is smarter than yourself and I feel like this kind of taps a similar mental nerve definitely well now getting into questions relating to the podcast itself let's start with your history with improv and acting
1: acting has been something I've done since forever Um, take this with a grain of salt because uh, my mother said it so it's validity may be in question but she says that as I was first learning how to speak there were two things that I was always saying since I was able to speak. And that is that girl over there is very pretty. (laughs) Um, And the second thing is I want to grow up and be an actor. And so, I mean, since I could walk and talk, I've been in the school plays, done a lot of community theater, a lot of elementary, middle, high school. Um, Obviously at university, I did a lot. My degree is in theater. So theater has been something I've always done. And uh, I just love it. It's such an invigorating way to tell a story. Obviously, for me, the most important thing with theater is the storytelling aspect, Mm -hmm. which is why I love writing as well. Why I've enjoyed doing this podcast so much because it's just pure storytelling. But yeah, just, I need that in my life. I need stories. I think, I think we all do, but I really need it.
0: <laughs> yeah, I saw something to the effect of, it was towards the beginning of the big bad pandemic sort of situation that we all went through there. Mm-hmm. And somebody <laughs> I'd seen had posted something to the effect of, now that you have gone through this experience you can't belittle actors and storytellers because those are the people you turned to in your moments of sadness and desperation
1: i love that <laughs> when i was younger my little sister is very much well both my sisters are actually very intelligent hardworking, driven people But my little sister specifically had a conversation with me at one point that was like, why do you want to do this? Like, what's the point of having actors? Like, what's the point of having these people? Because she said, what I want to do is I want to help people. I want to be a healer. I want to study nursing. I want to study like how to help heal people. And that seems necessary for society. But what does a storyteller do? And I tease her about it every now and then because she has very much recanted that view since then. (laughs) But I do, I just, I always think of that conversation, just her being like, I don't, I don't get it but I, I agree especially since what we've all gone through recently, I think we all realize we need stories, we need art.
0: Yeah when I was starting to think up this podcast in the first place and starting to kind of put the ideas together, I was talking with a friend of mine who is very involved in activism. He's currently working for an environmental nonprofit. And it's really easy to look at somebody like that and say, they are making such a huge difference. They are helping people in such a tangible, actionable sort of way. Mm -hmm. And around that time, I turned to one of my personal idols, Justin McElroy of My Brother, My Brother and Me and The Adventure Zone and whatnot. His Twitter bio says, I love this so much. I feel an earnest and humble desire, and shall till I die, to increase the stock of harmless cheerfulness. Ooh,
1: that is good. (laughs) Yeah,
0: as, as I found myself kind of pondering this idea of my dream right now is to tell stories for people, and that pales so much in comparison to my friend who is trying to save the planet, essentially, and to all those people who are studying medicine to help heal people. But the small joys that we experience in life are not to be taken lightly, I think. In my darker moments, one thing that often helps is I can turn to one of my favorite podcasts and start playing an episode, and boom, it brings a smile to my face. It helps me to get out of that sneaky hate spiral that I get into so often. So I think there is a lot of good to come from being a storyteller. And so if you, as one of our listeners, are considering getting into this field, you will not hear any discouragement from any of us here at Improv Tabletop.
1: Absolutely not. Full support to anyone who wants to tell any story. If you've got even an inkling of an idea, just find a way to tell it.
0: Now, as far as being a geek goes, I don't know if I can super recommend that, but (laughs) Christian, what is your history with geekery and especially tabletop RPGs?
1: Geekery is in my blood. I have always been a big old nerd of some kind or another. I would say my biggest claim to fame in the nerddom would be Pokemon, Mm -hmm. which I have certainly mentioned before. I didn't do a lot of video games growing up. We had like a Wii and a PlayStation 1, I think, were the systems we had. But handheld systems, I always had Game Boy, Game Boy Color, Game Boy Advance, DS, all of it. because. I needed to be able to play whatever Pokemon game came out next.
0: Dude, I am 100% born and bred in the handheld community. Mm -hmm. So I am 100% with you there.
1: And that's probably more like my geeky side, nerdy side. I've been reading fantasy books and watching fantasy movies and very much into the whole fantasy thing since forever. I mean, I'm part of the Harry Potter generation. So that definitely helped jumpstart things. I wish I had gotten into tabletop role-playing games earlier but it wasn't until you introduced them to me. Uh, We were in college and it was Curse of Strahd, Mm. the D&D 5e uh, adventure. That was the first introduction I had to it, and I dove in pretty deep, pretty fast, and I haven't really come up for air yet.
0: (laughs) Yeah, you were my first player to start DMing, I believe.
1: That may be true. I got a GM for you in that Threads of Fate game, which was chaotic and fun.
0: (laughs) Yeah, you mentioned your history with the PlayStation 1. Uh, Those of you out there who are familiar with PlayStation 1, you might be familiar with a little game called Threads of Fate and Christian basically just took that game and turned it into a D&D campaign and it was pretty
1: great. It was a lot of fun. It was a lot of chaos and first-time GMing mistakes and just a blast. Um, But after you introduced me, I mean, I have a sizable collection of the books, physical copies, and I have
0: Mm-hmm. I have all of the digital copies, so... Which I am very grateful for now that d and Beyond has the content sharing option.
1: Yes, it is nice that just one of us has to buy all of them and then we can all use them. But I really just dove in with tabletop RPGs. I've loved playing d 5 I love how crunchy it gets. I've loved Avatar. I love Fate. Um, we did a Pathfinder one recently, and I really loved that. That was, oh, it was was Savage Worlds for Pathfinder?
0: Yeah, Pathfinder for Savage Worlds. Yeah, I have been for years wanting to run a Savage Worlds game, and Christian was one of the first people who actually agreed to let me test it out, and I am incredibly grateful for that.
1: (laughs) It was such a blast, and even then, since that time, you and I have both been kind of power gaming, looking at things like, how can we break a character and just make them incredibly powerful and fun? Mm -hmm. Because that's that's what I love I love just it's dumb but like if you show me a graph or a spreadsheet where you've like been like if you take this many levels and do this and take this class and this you can get this incredibly powerful broken character I will get so excited like I will get thrilled by your nerdy breakdown of the game
0: (laughs) yeah you definitely are one of my most dedicated mechanical players which I do really appreciate
1: it's so much fun to just it's total wish fulfillment and fantasy exploration just to tackle these problems problems. Like, oh boy, I get eight hours of sleep every night. Oh boy, I can go out and make money by having fun with my friends.
0: (laughs) Yeah, and here we are. I mean, sometimes you start a Patreon and then surprise you actually are somehow making money by having fun with your friends, which boggles my mind. It still
1: doesn't seem real.
0: (laughs) But uh, you mentioned Avatar Legends. What's your history with Avatar, that specific breed of geekery?
1: Yeah, um, I don't know if I've told you this before. My good friend, Steven, he introduced, this was way back in high school. He introduced me to Avatar. He came over, we had a sleepover, and he was like, you haven't seen Avatar, you've got to watch it. And so we, I don't know if we binged the whole thing in one night, but we watched a lot of it. We were up really late. But because we were binging it, and we were going, you know, just trying to get through the end, we got to Tales of Bossing Say, mm. And he said, oh, this isn't really an important episode. We can skip this one. Ah. I know. <laughs> We
0: were young. Uh, the follies of youth.
1: (laughs) Admittedly, I gave him a hard time for it later. As you should. Like, I watched the whole show multiple times after that, and like two or three times, I just was like, oh, this isn't important. This isn't an important episode. I can just skip it. So I just skipped it. Um, And it wasn't until I was showing someone else Avatar for the first time that I was like, we'll just watch this episode. And then I watched it, and I was like, why? Why didn't (laughs) I watch this the first time? It's so good. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Uh, And I really enjoyed Legend of Korra all the way through. I've very much just enjoyed the whole saga and world of it. I feel like I've been introduced to more of it since we've started the podcast, like the books and the extended world and things like that that I wasn't as aware of. So that's been really fun as part of this journey.
0: Yeah, this world is so compelling and it's got this great blend of action and levity and gravity in a lot of ways as well. You get those moments like Tales from Bossing say that make you weep. Deep. And I don't know if I've mentioned this in any of our episodes yet, but for me, one of the brilliant things about Avatar is its ability to switch from a serious moment to a humorous moment just on a dime.
1: I, two things. So I saw a couple of videos. Uh, one about that. Um, this person was talking about how grief isn't funny, but it is the perfect setup. Mm. Oh, it was, it was Brendan Lee Mulligan. Um, he was talking about how like you're at the funeral and it's like, Uncle Joe just passed away so i've made reservations for us at denny's at eight it's just (laughs) such a universal dark thing grief and loss and you know reality that we have to laugh about it sometimes and when life keeps going on we just have to smile through it sometimes and so I think I do agree. Avatar does a great job of that.
0: Yeah, I think it's a good example of how natural it really is to defuse tension with humor. Like in the very first episode of the show, Zuko arrives at the Southern Water Tribe and Sokka's like, I'm going to try and defend my entire tribe, just this one guy against this crazy firebender. He rushes Zuko and tries to stab him. Zuko grabs the spear and snaps it in half. And in this incredibly tense moment for Sokka, they just have him kind of bonk him in the forehead with the butt of the spear, and they have these cartoonish boinging (laughs) noises that happen. You can only really get in a cartoon. (laughs) And you see so many moments like that throughout the entire series, and it never feels cheap. It always feels natural to defuse some of these very tense moments with humor, and I love that about the show.
1: I don't want to make you cry tonight. But with the announcement of the new Avatar movie, super excited to see that. Mm -hmm. Someone I saw a video and this person was mentioning, we will possibly see something very sad with the passing of uncle Iroh. Mm -hmm. They could do a horrible evil thing and break our hearts where Zuko sings little soldier boy at Iroh's funeral or something and just wreck us. And ever since I heard that, I have been wanting to be heard again. I want it to happen. (laughs) (laughs) It would just be beautiful and horrible. And ugh.
0: yeah, it's a show that makes you feel all of the things, but it's it makes you want to feel all of the things. And that's very special.
1: Yeah, it it makes you feel and then it makes you feel okay for feeling. Mm
0: -hmm. (laughs) Now, let's talk about who your top three characters are that you've played on the podcast. And what do you enjoy so much about them? Hmm. Okay, I'm going to start with three and move up to one. Getting this granular. I suppose that's to be expected from (laughs) such a mechanical mind. Let me pull up my spreadsheet and see uh, all the
1: characters. (laughs) Um, I would say number three for me would probably be Decidui. Okay. First off, just because of the setting and Pokemon in general, I love the fact that I got to play around in a world where we were all Pokemon and we got to make all these dumb references (laughs) and jokes. And Mm -hmm. that was just so much fun. Um, weirdly enough, I might say my second favorite character might be Freespin.
0: Oh, wow. that's That is a choice. <laughs> Just because
1: I can't remember the last time I laughed that hard. I mean, we didn't know what we were doing with (laughs) with that. It was just chaos.
0: Yeah, that's a good point. I think having (laughs) thought a bit more about the experience of recording Transformer Rejects, I think part of what makes it special is that more than most of the other ones that we've done really did just feel like we're playing for ourselves and we're just a group of friends making each other laugh and having a fun time with this thing that we are really very unqualified to talk about.
1: (laughs) Yeah, definitely. Um, But number one, hands down Jetsun, Mm -hmm. hands down. I am a big old fan of long form anything. Long form entertainment is my jam. I have watched every episode of Critical Role, which is literally hundreds of hours of my life and I'd watch it again. Um, I've watched entire anime series, 700 plus episodes. I've listened to audiobooks that are 50 plus hours. I prefer long form entertainment. And so just being able to sink my teeth into a character and just be able to really let them explore the world they're in has been more rewarding and fun for me personally as a player than the short form one month episodes just because I know they're only around for a minute and so I can kind of just, you know, have them be little chaos gremlins and do their thing. But yeah, soon is really something special for me. I will say, honorable mention, my character from Miceborn. Oh, Bart? Bart.
0: Honorable mention, the guy whose name we don't remember.
1: (laughs) Only because I loved the world. Honestly, he's just not one of my personal favorites I've played just because everyone else did so amazing. And I loved those episodes and I loved that story. And I loved just being able to be a part of it. I don't feel like it was one of my strongest characters, but I really just enjoyed being able to be a part of that one because that was just so fun to be a part of.
0: (laughs) And If you've got your spreadsheet up, who's your least favorite character? (laughs) I mean they've all got little
1: special places like Oleg was my first one and so he gets a little special place in my heart Mm -hmm. Um, Captain Jima was not a nice guy
0: (laughs) you don't say the guy who basically (laughs) condemned himself to stay in purgatory for the rest of eternity is not a nice guy
1: I generally like playing a good person. Generally, I say, mind you, it can be really fun to play the bad guy. Mm-hmm. That's actually something McKinnon and I have talked about a lot is as tabletop RPGs are sort of a fantasy fulfillment, my characters are almost always able to use magic and you know, trying to help people and save the world. And her characters almost always and exclusively, are able to punch people in the face very hard.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. You know, now that I think about it, looking through the list of characters you've played, every time you've played kind of an unobjectionably bad character, they have died at the end of the campaign. It's because it's what they deserve. I can't let the bad guy get away. (laughs) Uh, Well, it's good to know that we have some morals at least. (laughs) Yes, even when my
1: characters are being immoral, in the back of my head, I'm like, this guy's got to go. He's not good.
0: (laughs) Oh, man. Yeah. Those are some fun characters. Let's see. As we begin sort of wrapping up this interview, do you have any advice for people who want to try and get into improv or performance?
1: I do. My advice is if you want to get into improv or performance or, you know, storytelling in general, my very first advice is unless you've got a really strong support network already there you don't need to start with improv or performing the easiest way to go ahead and get your stories out is to just start writing it's one of the few art forms you don't need another person for in theater in acting you need a director, a GM, other cast members. You need groups. It's a collaborative art form, which is one of the things that makes it so great, but also one of the things that makes it you know, more difficult to just jump into from the get-go. If you have that support network, jump into it. The community of tabletop role players and things like that is widely accepting with a few very small exceptions, but most people who play these kinds of games just by nature of the role-playing aspect, the collaborative aspect, So if you have that opportunity, do it. Just jump in, say, hey, I don't know how to play. Hey, can you teach me? Hey, can you... People want to share these kinds of things. Trust me, we want to share this kind of stuff.
0: Yeah, I got into playing D&D because there was some random dude on Reddit. I'd asked a question about the D&D 5e starter set, and he was like, hey, I'll send you one. Like, I'll buy you a brand new one on Amazon and just have it shipped to your house. And he did. And it, it really kind of opened my eyes up to the generosity of this community. And so chances are, if you're wondering, does this person want to play D&D? Like, I've heard that they play D&D. Are, are they interested in maybe starting up a game? Chances are, it's probably yes. Yes.
1: Yes. If, if you hear someone say, oh, yeah, I play D&D. They're really saying, do you play D&D? Do you want to play D&D? Do you want to play <laughs> D&D with me?
0: Yeah, it's a very giving community, which I guess leads into the next question of, do you have any other advice for people who want to get into tabletop game.
1: Yeah, um, this advice may not be loved by everybody who hears it, but my advice is learn the rules so that you can break them. <laughs> oh boy. Learn the rules and then decide as a group, work together, say, hey, we know how this game works. We don't like this rule. We will collectively agree to change it or to do something else. Mm -hmm. Not to say that you should learn the rules to the game in order to make your GM's life miserable. Mm -hmm. That's not what I mean when I say break the rules. I mean, you should learn the rules so that you get the gist of how each system works, what they're trying to accomplish. For instance, D&D 5e is not trying to accomplish the same things that Avatar Legends is. They're both tabletop role-playing games, but they are not trying to accomplish the same thing. And when you learn the rules, it becomes apparent that that is just not the case.
0: Yeah, there have been plenty of moments where I've been playing through a session and will need a rules adjudication. So I start reading through the book. And I find the rule and I'm like, that's dumb. I don't like that. We're going to say it's this. (laughs) And what's really great about, like, I know that I've seen it in the D&D 5 ebooks is the writers saying, hey, we made these rules. We think they work pretty great. Ignore them if you want to. Absolutely, Whatever works best for your table, just go with that. Like, I have one group that has eight players in it. I am the GM and there are eight people who every Friday we get together and have a D&D campaign. And here's here's a little gripe. Okay, if you are an adventure (laughs) designer who's in charge of designing dungeons and the maps for dungeons make them bigger (laughs) give people room to move around on the combat grid like i'm playing through an adventure right now and they're like okay you're going to fight against this minotaur and he has this really awesome charge ability where if he gets back like 30 feet and runs towards somebody he gets to do extra damage let's have that combat take place in a room that's 20 by 20 so he can there's no way that he can build up that 30 feet of movement to hit somebody (laughs) so you learn how to adapt you learn how to do stuff like you know i'm okay if you move through another person's square we'll just say that it costs twice as much movement um but yeah as much fun as it is to just enjoy rpgs for the storytelling aspect i promise you there is a lot of joy to be found from just being a nerd and learning the rules and digging your fingers in there and just seeing what you can do
1: yeah i mean it's a blast obviously if that's not your thing there are tabletop role-playing games out there that basically have a one well not basically that only have a one page rules page
0: (laughs) yeah you've got like honey heist is kind of the premier example of a one sheet rpg that has very simple rules we've played it in this group and it's a lot of fun
1: we have and it was a
0: complete
1: blast the honey heist was super fun and yeah just one sheet super simple rules and it's just about having fun with your friends and then there's you know Pathfinder, which has a book that is incredibly thick.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Evan is uh, getting dangerously close to starting a Pathfinder campaign, which honestly, I wouldn't be upset. I think it'd be fun to give it a shot.
1: You know me, give me a chance and I'll try it out. <laughs>
0: and you know, that's another good mindset to have for trying to get into tabletop gaming. Maybe you've heard about D&D. It's the big game that everybody plays, and you've got a friend who offers to play with you Dungeon World, or Monster of the Week, or Pathfinder for Savage Worlds or something. Just because it's not D&D specifically, sure, D&D is great, but so are a lot of these other games. Well, I think that does it for all the questions that I have in mind. Just anything else you want to say for all of our lovely fans out there in podcast land?
1: The final thing I will say is thank you. It has been phenomenal to be able to just do this whole thing and share it with people. We have been playing our nerdy games in our nerdy circle of friends for a while now, but the fact that we're able to just share that with people and that they are not just willing to listen, but like some people actually seem like they want to listen to us. And that's (laughs) super exciting. Yeah.
0: Thanks everybody who's listening. Thanks to everybody who is supporting us on Patreon. You know, we've been blown away by the response that we've gotten over there. It's very humbling to realize that we're doing something that apparently is making a difference for other people. So thank you all. Absolutely. Well, thanks everybody for listening to this awesome interview. If you like what you're hearing and you want to hear more, then go ahead and subscribe. Maybe even leave us a review. We would be as happy as I'm sure Christian's mother wasn't when the first thing he said was that girl is pretty. Uh, <laughs> if you would go ahead and give us a review on the podcatcher of your choice, we're also all over social media at Improv Tabletop. So if you'd like to reach out to us there, you know maybe you'd like to talk with Christian about his Pokemon game collection, then you know feel free to reach out to us another great way to get in touch with us is through our patreon we've got a community discord that you can join at the five dollar a month tier we can get direct access to all of us what what and uh yeah it's just a great time to be involved in the ImpTab community but thanks everybody for joining us here for this wonderful interview i'm ned wilcock your host and gm and i've been joined by
1: christian randall nerd extraordinaire
0: much love and stuff everybody we'll catch you next time on improv tabletop Thank you.